Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. This scripture, I believe the Lord wants me to encourage all of you something. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. The situation here is that the people in that generation, in the book of Genesis chapter 11, wanted to build a tower of Babel. Actually, they were against God. They wanted to challenge God. But even their intention was wrong. But God said, if they speak the same language, nothing that they plan to do will be impossible. That's why it's so important that you and your wife need to speak the same. I'm not talking about human language. I'm talking about spiritual language. That you have the same mind the same idea, the same doctrine and belief. And if you can do that, nothing that you plan to do will be impossible for you. In the church, we are a community, we are a family, an army. We need to agree with one another. I believe in the power of agreement. The power of agreement will give us success, prosperity, and the answer of prayer from heaven. When we agree together, And we pray, God answer. This is the reason why I keep producing teaching in the YouTube. And I would like to ask the member, yes, there are so many great preachers out there. Many, many good preachers in America. But your main food should be from New Hope. We have hundreds of teaching, actually, series by series. Please pay attention to the main food of this church first so that we can agree when we pray together we're going to see the outcome because we come in agreement and we speak the same spiritual language. There are many doctrines out there that may not agree with us. Some pastor may not believe in the Holy Spirit, may not believe in the fire of God, laying on of hand, casting out demons, all this. So you need to be careful that we need to agree with one another in the same house. So I want to encourage you to take advantage of the technology. And we have a series called Building Firm Foundations. That I would like to ask new people in this church to listen to this whole series. 50 lessons, 30 minutes each. Even though you are all believers, you should listen. If you listen, you will find out you don't know many things. It's, it, we call firm foundation, but so many people don't think that it's a foundation. It's very deep teaching. So please take advantage of that. And again, I cannot force you. I just want to encourage you to come in agreement with your pastor. In the book of Exodus, chapter 23, verses 25 and 26. How many people want God to bless you? How many people want God to heal your body, to keep you healthy and strong? This is the key. The Bible says, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. How many people want to live a long life? 
I want to live a long life. I want God to fulfill the number of my days. Therefore, I would like to encourage all of you to really get involved in serving the Lord. One way to get involved is to join the care group because in the care group, you can get involved in doing different things there because a small group, the care group is a small church under the church. So you can use your gift in a small group. Please join the care group. We have so many care groups in this church. And if you join the care group, you can get involved in maybe bringing food. The pandemic is going to be gone soon so we can eat again. We can share. We can pray for one another. You can serve by praying for your brothers and sisters. If you have the gift of teaching, you can teach in the care group. You can get involved in serving one another. It's so important to live a life of service. Look for the ministry in the church and get involved and serve. When I was a new believer, I remember a long time ago, I joined a Baptist church in Thailand. The missionary couple came from Kentucky right away. I said, can I drive a car to pick people up as a brand new believer? Can I sweep the floor? I help to set up the chair. I serve and serve and serve. I don't want to sit around the church doing nothing. I want to get involved and serve in the church since I was a young believer. And I would like to encourage all of you to really serve the Lord. Get involved. Be using your gifts and your talents. Don't put them in the ground. Let it come out and serve the Lord. Are you ready for the word of God? Praise God. I love the word of God. I love to study, I love to really meditate on the Word and study the Word and practice the Word of God. So I would like to today talk about God's protection again. I stopped for a few months and I have a few more lessons to go about divine protection. Maybe six more sermons in this series, divine protection. I would like to really encourage you to Go back to listen to the previous teachings, about 20-something now, 23, 24 sermon on the series called Divine Protection. I love to teach things in detail. And I am not the type of pastor who wants to cover the message and get it done and move on. I am not the type of coming to the pulpit just to get my job done as a pastor and then go down. I really love to educate you. I want you to really understand the word and build up your faith, practice what you learn, and you will see the outcome of God's grace and God's power because you are the doer of the word of God. This is why sometimes I keep repeating the same thing again and again. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. The first time you heard the message, maybe you just hear in your brain a little bit. The second time, a little bit deeper. The third time, go down, maybe 10% in your heart. The 30 times, maybe 90% in your heart. And your faith starts to rise up. That's why we keep hearing and hearing of the word of God. I never get tired of reading the same verse again and again and again. Because it builds my faith and understand deeper and deeper in the things of God. We call revelation. Deeper revelation of what God wants to speak to you. In the book of Psalm, chapter 4, verse 8, in New King James Version, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. In the today's English version, when I lie down, I go to sleep in peace. You alone, O Lord, you alone, not man, not the police officer, not the military guy. You alone, O Lord, 
keep me perfectly safe. Our God is our protector. He can protect us from virus, from bacteria, from bad guys, from all kinds of things, accident or bad stuff that can happen around in this fallen world. We can sleep every night. Why? Because we are not afraid of the terror by night. We are not afraid of the arrows that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that come in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noonday. We are not afraid of everything because we know and we know that God is our protector. Let us say out loud, you alone, O Lord, keep me perfectly safe. You are my protector. You are my savior. My brother and sister, we don't get the result of the word of God in any chapter, including Psalm 91, by just reading it and quoting it and by knowing it alone. Reading the Bible is good. Quoting it is good. And knowing it is good. But it's not enough. We get the result by doing what the Bible says. And by putting faith in what God says. The Bible always has two parts. The whole Bible. Our part, what we need to do. And his part, what he will do when we do our part. So if we read the Bible and we don't do anything with this scripture. And don't have faith in it. We just have the scripture on a card and put on the pocket and walk around. Yes, Psalm 91 is in my pocket here. I'm going to get God's protection. Or some of you may have a picture of Jesus in your pocket. Oh, the picture of Jesus is in my pocket. I will be saved today. That is called superstitious. Just like the cults. Just like other religion. That they think that they wear something on their neck and that thing on their neck is going to protect them. No. Christianity, we don't worship, talk to any object, believe in just picture or any card that's full of scripture. It's not about having the card, the paper card, or having a picture of Jesus in our wallet. But it's about faith. It's about having relationship with God and knowing him and obeying him. When we study the book of Psalm 91, we're not studying it just to memorize in our brain. But we need to know what we need to do to receive God's protection. And then we have faith to receive his protection. So I'm going to review what is our responsibility in order to receive God's protection. Does God have the power to protect us? Yes. Is he willing to protect us? Yes. He has the power And he's able to protect us and he is willing to protect us. But we need to do our part. Let's look at Psalm 91 verse 1 again. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. Everyone say dwell. Everyone say abide. Not visit. We are not visiting. We are abiding. We are dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty. What does it mean, shadow? The shadow is a picture of canopy, of a building, the fortress, or the roof. You get into a canopy or a tent or a building with a roof on you, the sunshine cannot touch you. You are under the shadow of something. 
This is why the Bible talk about God want to gather all of you under His wing and His feather, just like a mother hen wanted to gather all. Of her chicks under her wings is a picture of the wings over something over the little ones. Or the Bible talk about eagles open the wings to protect the little ones. So we are talking here not in a natural way that we run into a building. No, we are talking about spiritual shadow. We are talking about spiritual canopy of wings of feather of God. That we are under the shadow of God. In other words, we dwell in the presence of God. We abide. The word "dwell" and "abide" in English mean live there. Don't go anywhere. You live there. You stay there. You are not just visiting, like you come to the Christmas service once a year and then bye bye and you never see me again. Just Christmas service or The resurrection Sunday, and then never see you again. That is not abiding. Abiding means stay, stay, stay under the protection of God. You dwell with God. What is the key to stay, to dwell, to abide? What do we do to do that? Look at First John chapter two, verses two to six. I'm going to give you the key of how to dwell. In the secret place of the Most High, to have the supernatural power of protection over us all the time, 24/7. First John 2:2-6, and He Himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now, by this we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. Everyone say commandments. He who says, "I know him," and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him, or do we dwells in him? He who say he abides in him, ought himself also to walk just. As he walked, and let me explain to you. Let me read another scripture to prove to you that what I say is right. First John chapter three, twenty-two to twenty-four. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments. Everyone say his commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We know his commandment. We practice his commandments, and we follow his example, his footstep, and we live a life that are pleasing to him in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his Son Jesus Christ and love one another. And he gave us the commandment. Now he who keeps his commandment abides. Everyone say abides. In Him, and He in Him, He m e a n God in the believer, and by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. After reading these two passages of Scripture, I can make a conclusion. In order to abide and dwell and live 
under the shadow or canopy of the Almighty and receive the protection 24-7 is to number one, getting to know his commandments or his word. That's why God worked so hard in me, spent a lot of time, energy, and money to produce a lot of good teachings and put in the YouTube. And I hope that our members here in New Hope International Church will not take this for granted that your pastor try to give you a lot of teachings and the word of God to educate you. I just published another two sermons this morning. And if you can learn the word, I mean, you can read the Bible yourself, but God put teacher and pastor in the body of Christ to educate you something deeper. You need to know the word, the commandments, and you practice the commandments that is to do whatever he say in the Bible. I tell you the truth. I never miss church. I pay tithe to God. I love brothers and sisters. Actually, this morning I woke up getting ready for today, Sunday, reading my sermon one more time. And my flesh told me, I think you should retire. This is a hard job to be a senior pastor of the church. It's not easy at all. Why you keep doing this for 30 years now? You can retire. And I say to my flesh, no, that's my flesh. I say, no, no, I'm not going to quit because I love my brothers and sisters. I love you. That's why I want to serve you. I want to obey the commandment of God is to serve, to go to church, to love people, to do whatever I can, to really obey the commandments of God because I and my family want to be under the shadow of the Almighty to obey His commandments. Amen? So make a decision. Be a studious in studying the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. Obey His commandments. And walk in love. I tell you, if God can protect you from cancer, from a car accident, it's worth it. It's worth it. Some of you may want to save your tithe money in your pocket. You don't want to tithe. You say, oh, I make this money. I don't want to give to God. I tell you, the medical bill is more expensive than tithe. It can be hundred thousand of dollars. I'd rather tithe than to save, keep money, but no protection from God because I cheat God. I'd rather give to God and I'd rather give my time to God than to spend time in the hospital. One time I talked to the dean of Bible school. He already passed away. He told me the story. He knew a man. Later on, he repented. This man, he never go to church. He believed in Jesus, but he never went to church for years and years. Very disobedient child of God. And this is a true story. He told me the story. He said that one day the man got sick, very sick, and went to the hospital. Spent time, many, many Weeks in the hospital because of the severe sickness. After he came out, he repented. He counted the day that he spent in the hospital. Exactly the same amount of Sunday he missed church. And i rather spend time in the church, not in the hospital. i rather go to church. i rather obey the commandment of God. Don't miss any meeting. Just go to church. Just serve the Lord. Amen. I'm not trying to threaten anybody. I just tell you the story. Psalm 91 verse 2 say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Not only that we should know the commandments of God. Not only that we obey him and walk in love. So that we can be under the shadow, the well in him, the well under his canopy. Number two, we need to use our mouth. 
We need to speak. We, when we face something that is shaking us or something that's going to take our life away. When I was on the airplane and the airplane started to shake and the devil talked to me, the plane going to go down. You're going to die. I say, no. I say, God is my protector. God is my refuge. He is my fortress. In him, I will trust. I will not die too soon. I will run my race to the end and finish my race. Amen. God has unlimited power to protect us. But we need to have faith and confess with our mouth. Speak words of faith. Speak words of faith concerning the protection of God. Everyone say, God is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my perfect protector. He is my God. In him, I trust. This is the way we live a Christian life in order to have victory. I remember, never forget that scene. I usually forget a lot of scene when I was six years old. I start to remember things really well after maybe 11, 12 years old. But six years old, I don't remember what's going on. But one thing I never forgot is that one day I woke up in the morning and my dad put a blue pant on my body and a white shirt. And he handed me a bag. And this is like 7 a.m. in the morning. I play in the house every day. I have fun playing with dog, with (laughs) the football. And he's going to put me in the car and I start to say, what's going on? What are you doing here? Why I have to wear this blue pant, white shirt? In Thailand, all the students have the uniform, blue pant and white shirt, not in America. He pushed me in the car and I cried and I cried, no, I'm not going to school. I'm going to stay home and have fun. And my dad just pushed me in the car and I cried in the car. Wow, why I have to go to school? At six years old, I'd rather have fun. <laughs> Never forgot that scene at all. I was so mad at my dad. But now I look back. I thank God, thank my dad. He pushed me in to go to school. And he told me, you need to do something for your future. Because your education will dictate your future as well. You need to go to school, study, be a good student, finish university, and then you can have a good job. My dad told me, and I'm glad I obey my daddy. Now I have been successful because I have good education. In the same way, in the spiritual life. When we become a Christian, we are like a little kid, five years old, three years old. We need to do our part. Many Christians are not disciplined. They don't go to church. They don't listen to sermon. They don't read the Bible. They don't go to care group. They don't pray. They just quit zela, zela. Whatever will be, will be. And one day, something attacked them. And they show up in the church that Sunday. Uh, Pastor, I need one hour counseling from you. But all these 10 years of being a believer, never go to church, never listen to the sermon, never go to care group, never pray, never do anything. No faith inside to fight the battle. No faith to receive God's protection and healing. And now need a one-hour counseling session. And as a pastor, look at them. Oh, I can talk to you one hour. Maybe God has grace for you to help you this time. 
But this is not the way of Christian life. If you want to be successful, if you want to be strong, if you want to be protected, if you want to be above, not beneath, you need to do your part. Go to church every Sunday. Listen to three or four sermons a week. Read, read the Bible. Praying, studying the Bible, obeying God, serving the Lord. Do your part to build your life up so that your faith will be stronger and stronger every week, every month, every year. So when the devil tries to hit you, you say, <laughs> you are the, like a kung fu, spiritual kung fu guy. Like Donnie Yen. When the devil tries to attack you, boom. But if you don't go to church, you don't listen to sermon, you just take it easy and never build your life up. When it hit you, oh, oh, pastor, help me. Because you're weak. You need to build your spiritual life up. Don't miss church unless you have something emergency or you have physical issue. You obey God. You build your life up. And when your faith rises up, eventually what happens? You will know your God. You have more faith. And you have the word of God in your heart. Because you listen to sermon. You are around godly people. So when something happens, you're going to speak the word of faith. You're going to speak victory, not the defeat. Because you're trained to walk by faith. And you can speak the right thing. Not like, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, this COVID is going to kill me. Don't speak like that. Speak positive. Speak God's word and the protection of God. So when a bad situation happens, you need to open your mouth and speak. I will not die and leave. Oh, by the way, the topic of the celebration camp this year, the name is I will live and not die. I'm going to teach a key how to live a long life. Okay, in this camp and we'll continue on. Amen. We're supposed to say the word of God. We're supposed to walk by faith and speak the word of faith. Whatever is inside you, it's going to come out through your mouth. If inside you full of junk, you're going to speak junk. If inside you full of the word, you're going to speak the word. That's why you need to do your homework by listening to good sermons, reading the Bible, get to, to care group. Listen to the teaching and talk to people of faith. Amen. And you trust God and you speak the word of trust out of your mouth. We need to really speak words of faith. And we're going to see what happened. Amen. Let us know the promises of God in the Bible. Psalm chapter 91 verses 3 to 5. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feather, talking about under the shadow, being protected by dwelling under God's protection, obeying God, knowing the commandments of God. And under his wings, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You need to know the truth of God. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. The third thing you need to do in order to receive God's protection, number one, you know the commandment, you obey the commandment, which means that you dwell under the shadow or the wing of God all the time. You obey God all the time. Two, you speak the word of faith. Build your faith up. Learn the word. 
Fill your heart with the word of God and speak the word of faith. Number three, you must not yield to fear. The Bible says what you fear will come on you. The Bible says clearly that fear is like a magnet. When you fear something, it will come to you. Yes, we have thoughts. We have feelings. The thoughts of fear may come. The feelings of fear may come. Your knees start to shake and hit each other. The hairs in the back of your neck start to stand up because you, and your, your heart is pumping and you start to have perspiration. The sweat come out because you have the feeling of fear and you have the thoughts of fear come in. You're going to die. You will not make it this time. We have thoughts and we have feelings. But the key is you need to resist that fear. You need to say, I'm not going to yield to this. I'm going to resist fear. I'm going to fill my heart with faith. I have faith in God. I don't yield to this fear. The book of Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will mean decision. It's your decision not to fear. Everyone say, I will fear no evil. I resist fear. Even though you have the symptom of fear, even though you have the thoughts of fear and the feeling of fear, you feel shaken and afraid. But you say, no, I'm not going to fear. Psalm 91 verses 5 to 6, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. So, we need to get this truth in. We are not going to fear anything. Look at Psalm 27 verse 1. I like this psalm. Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What is the key here? The key is, that's definitely my responsibility too, as a pastor, to help you. And you do your part too. I do my part, you do your part. Is to build up the understanding and the knowledge and the revelation of who God is. You need to know who God is to you. He is your light. He is your salvation. He's the powerful God. Nothing is impossible with you. How do you build that faith? How do you build that kind of understanding? Read the Bible. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Get into the prayer life. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one going to help you to know your God. Amen. I have been in revival for many years now, and I notice the more the Holy Spirit touches me, the more I know my God. I have more faith in God now than ever before. I understand who God is more than before. We all need to grow up in this area. We're going to know our God, who He is. Everyone say, He is my light. He is my salvation. He is the strength of my life. He is my protector. He is my fortress. He's my refuge. In him I trust. So when you know him, you're going to be like Daniel, who was not afraid of the lion in the lion dens. 
You're going to be like the, those three Hebrew men, teenagers, who were thrown in the fire furnace and they talked to the king. Hey, I'm not afraid. My God is going to protect me. And you know what happened? The fourth man showed up in the fiery furnace. The Lord Jesus showed up there and no even smell of the fire in that fiery furnace. Because they know their God and they trust in their God. That's why we need to grow up in knowing our God. Amen. All these things we do. Go to church, read the Bible, listen to good sermon in the internet. Go into care group, get to the prayer line to get prayer for. Be around with godly people, faith-filled Christians. Be around your leadership, your mentor. All these things for what? For building your faith. Getting to know God. And you will have more faith and you know God more than before. Psalm 27 verses 2 to 3 in New King James Version. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Why they stumbled? Because God just hit them to protect you. They could not approach you. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Everyone say, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. Let me read from today's English version. I like that one. The Lord is my light, verse 1. Psalm 27, verse 1. Today's English version. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I will fear no one. The Lord protects me from all danger. He protects me from all danger. I will never be afraid. Verse 2, when evil people attack me and try to kill me, they stumble and fall. Even if a whole army surrounds me, I will not be afraid. Even if enemies attack me, I will still trust God. You can see here that King David really knew his God. He trusts his God so much. And that's what Jesus tried to say to all of us in the New Testament time. He said in John chapter 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. You can see the opposite, the faith and the fear. When you walk in fear, you don't trust God. But when you trust God, you have faith in God, you are not fearful. Trust also in me. John 14, 27 Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You notice one thing about the, the way Jesus talked to us in the Bible. He never say, why don't you try to love? Why don't you try to have faith? Why don't you try not to be fearful? Why don't you try to serve me? He never said try. The only thing he said try in the Bible is tithing. He said test me in this. Try me by giving 10% to the house of God that you get fed. Only one. The rest of the Bible, no scripture in the Bible say test and try God. Only one. Malachi chapter 3. But the rest he said, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Trust in God. When a person says to you, try, 
what it means. It means I'm not sure you can do it. You may be able to do it, or you may not be able to do it. Is that right? That's why you say try. That's why God never forced you to give 10%. It's up to you. You try or you don't try, I don't force you. But to have faith, to not worry, to not fear, to walk in love is something you can do. But you choose to do it or not, it's up to you. Jesus knew that you could do it. You could stay out of fear. You could walk in love. You could walk by faith. So he did not ask you to try. He commanded you. When we trust God, we shall not be afraid and we will not let our heart be troubled. We're going to stand in faith. Psalm 91 verses 7 to 10. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. The Bible says clearly that when we trust God, bad things cannot come near your tent dwelling place. Bad things cannot come near you. He's going to protect you. He's going to take care of you, save you, keep you. What we need to do? One, dwell or live under the shadow of the Almighty by knowing his, his commandments and obey his commandments. Two, don't yield to fear. Walk by faith. Three, speak the word of faith. Declare it out loud. Not mumbling. God is my protector. Speak it out loud. Amen. Amen. One time I was performing surgery. A 45 years old lady fell off a motorcycle. She got bleeding in here. And I could not reach. When I opened the skull and reached there, the bleeding is from artery, not from the vein. Shooting out like you open the water tap. Shooting out and I have no assistance at 2 a.m. in the morning. So I cannot stop that bleeding and I was thinking if I don't stop this bleeding in a few minutes she's going to die on the table because you cannot lose too much blood and I tried and I tried with two hands try to stop the bleeding and she keep shooting out and you know what I did Jesus help me I shout in, shouted in the operating room all the nurse and anesthesiologists look at me what's going on here he said Jesus help me I shouted out loud <laughs> you know what happened Suddenly, the bleeding stopped. I didn't do anything. Sometimes you have to speak it out loud. <laughs> Don't just mumbling. <laughs> Psalm 91 verses 11 to 12. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up. Lest your dash your foot against a stone. The, the way God protects you, not only putting the shadow or the power of protection over your life, he also sent angels to be around you. He charges angels to protect you and save you. This idea of angelic protection is not imaginary. It's not a fairy tale. It's real. Angels are real and they can 
lift your body up. Like what happened to me one time, I fell down in the snow, and I felt the hand lift me up and go down. I did not have any hurt at all, no broken bone. The angel can lift you up. The angel can move your big SUV when it slides on the icy freeway. He moved your SUV around, not to hit anybody. That's what happened to my daughter and son-in-law when God moved that on I-90. <laughs> oh no, on 405. God sent the angel to move that big SUV around, and the SUV did not hit any car at all. Amen. It's amazing. The angels can lift you up, even though you are 300 pounds weight. Oh, it's a piece of cake. For me, easy. Just use one finger. Some of you, 300 pounds, he may use to use two hands. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, sent, he sent his angel. <laughs> God, our God is a God of protection. He can send angel to help us. But we need to know our responsibilities, how to receive the protection from the Lord. Amen. He can cover us with his wing, protective power. But the way he protects us, another way, not just shadow on us, protective power on us, send angel to help us, another way is that he give us warnings. He give us foreknowledge or forewarning or preparation. What's going to happen? He can warn you. Don't go there this trip. Change your airplane ticket. Don't go this time. Wait another couple months. Don't go there. He can warn you not to drive to that street. Don't invest money with that guy. Don't date with that guy. You notice I say guy, not woman. <laughs> Don't get involved with that. Don't go to that church. Don't listen to this YouTube. It's a cult. Don't get involved. He can warn you. Warnings is another way that God used to protect us. After Jesus was baptized in water, he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was fasting. During his fasting, the devil came and tempted him. The devil tempted him three things. The lust of the flesh about food, chained the stone into the bread. The lust of the eyes on the mountain, look at all the kingdom and I'm going to give you this power to be the ruler of all this kingdom. The lust of the eyes. But I want to talk about the third one. The pride of life. The devil tempted him three things and he's going to tempt us the same thing. The lust of the flesh. Don't eat too much. Be careful. You're going to gain weight and you're going to accumulate some cholesterol in your heart. Don't eat too much. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. What happened? At that time, even Satan or the devil quoted Psalm 91. He said, why don't you jump out of this top part of the temple in Jerusalem? It's like a biggest, tallest building in town. You jump out of here. And God say in Psalm 91, the devil quoted the Bible. He's going to send angel to lift your leg up and you will not be hurt. 
Sometimes people interpret the Bible by quoting only half of the scripture and then come up with a doctrine. Don't do that. When you're going to come up with some truth on the Bible, you don't quote one script, half of scripture or only one scripture. How do you interpret the Bible, the verse? By checking with other verses. If your interpretation of one verse is opposite to other verses, your interpretation is wrong. All the interpretation have to be in the context of the whole Bible. That's why 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. How can you explain the word of truth? By looking at the context of the Bible. Even when the devil quotes the scripture, half of the scripture to you, but it's out of the context, you don't listen. Any man, even Pastor Lau, I quote half of the scripture, but my explanation is not going along with other scripture. You don't need to listen to me. I am wrong. You need to look at the whole Bible. Look at what happened. I try to finish here soon. Matthew 4, 5 to 6. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, this is about the pride of life. <laughs> you are the son of God. You are the pastor. You are the elders of the church. Jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angel to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt you, your foot on a stone. Is this a real temptation? Yes, a real temptation. Why? Did Jesus believe in Psalm 91? Yes. Did Jesus believe in God's protection? Yes. Did Jesus believe in angelic protection? Yes. But the devil say, hey, God going to protect you? Why don't you jump? And you're going to see that God sent angel to help you. What happened here? Matthew 4, 7, Jesus said to him, it is written again. So he wanted to quote the scripture to say that, devil, what you tell me is a wrong interpretation. You are wrong. He quote another scripture. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. In NLT say, you must not test the Lord your God. What's going on here? The devil's suggestion is to jump out of the building. And see whether the angel will pick him up. But the Lord Jesus said, you're not my God. I'm not going to listen to your suggestion. And your suggestion is this. You tried to make me prove that God never lies. And try to prove that I'm a man of faith. I'm a great leader. So I'm going to prove to people that when I jump out of the building, I will be fine. God never asks us to prove his promises. God never asks us to test his promises. Only one thing is tithing. So to prove that we are a man of faith who get the glory. If I jump out of the building and I landed on the ground with a grand presentation, who get the glory? Me. Oh, this pastor is a man of faith. He did not get crushed when he jumped off the building. 
And not only that, I sin against God. I test God, whether He will keep His promise or not. My brother and sister, don't listen to the devil's suggestion at all. This is the problem of mankind. We have been tested or tempted by the devil. Hebrews chapter four verse fifteen. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one, mean Jesus, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus was tempted for all three areas: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and he did not yield to even one temptation. He resisted the temptation. He overcame the temptation as a man, not as God. Can we resist the temptation as a man? Yes, we need to resist temptation, and we need to understand this. We need to walk in humility. There are two things that destroy Christians. Number one, pride. Pride is evil. It's very, very scary. Two, ignorance. God's people are destroyed because of ignorance, of not knowing the truth, and God's people are destroyed because of pride. When you are prideful, you will do foolish things, such as stop taking medication that the doctor gives to you, and you get into trouble, or you pull out your glasses, eyeglasses, and drive on the freeway without glasses, and you get into the car crash. Oh, pride! I'm going to prove to you that God protect me. I'm going to walk into the area in Chicago where a lot of gangster there. I'm going to show you the angel protect me. I'm going to walk in there. That is pride. That is to test God whether God going to protect you in the bad street or not. I'm a doctor. Can you imagine? I stand on the above the head of the patient and say, "Nurses and anesthesiologists." I'm going to prove to all of you that I have the anointing, and I'm a man of faith. I'm not going to wear mask above the head of my patient. I'm going to keep talking and operate on the brain of my patient without mask on my face. Is that pride? Maybe pride, or maybe foolishness, or dumb, because I'm going to get a lawsuit. That infection going to go in. In the same way, COVID-19. Why we wear mask? Because we are humble, we accept the scientific truth that God put in the world. Scientific principle is from God. We accept, but we don't live in fear, though. We are not afraid of COVID-19, but we need to know how to protect ourselves and protect other people. This is humble. We follow the principle of God. We should not be prideful and say, "No, I'm not going to wear masks here." No, we should be humble. Thank God for the vaccine now that many of us don't have to wear masks, but we still need to follow the way of God. God put doctors in the world to help us. Scientific things help us to protect ourselves. Amen. I hope you're not mad at me. I'm trying to tell you that we should not be ignorant and we should not be prideful. My brother and sister, God knows every thought in our heart, and when God warns us something. We should not be prideful to say, "I'm going to do this. I don't care." 
or you are ignorant of his warning and we're going to do it anyway and we get into big trouble and then we blame God. Don't be ignorant of the scientific truth and biblical principle. And don't be prideful to do your own way to prove that I'm such a man of faith. No, be humble. Listen to God and do whatever God warned you what to do. Amen? Be humble all the days of your life. Pride leads to destruction. Rebellion, disobedience, and ignorance will destroy you. And many times he protects us by warning us. Do this, do that. Don't go there, go here. And we need to respond to his warning in humility. Don't try to challenge God and test God by doing wrong things and say God going to do this protection anyway. He protects us by saying don't go there. Hurry, run away right now. You're going to be in trouble if you don't run away. And you don't say, no, I'm not going to run away. God's going to protect me. No, no, no. Run away if God says run away. Amen? <laughs> so that's one way that God protects us is to warn us. Amen? We're going to continue next Sunday about divine protection in detail. I like to teach in detail. In conclusion, we learned today. When we read the word, we mix it with faith and with obedience. We do our part to obey the word. And we believe in our heart that God is going to fulfill his promises when we obey the word. And when we obey the word, we know the word, we're going to dwell under the shadow or the power protection of God. And we must not fear anything. We must resist fear. And we also proclaim his promises out loud from our mouth. We speak the word of faith. When we do that, he's going to send his angel to be around us. He's going to put the power over us to protect us. We do our part. And not only that, he's going to warn us not to go there, not to go here, not to get involved in certain things, certain people. Warning. And sometimes the devil can quote the scripture to get us into trouble by quoting half of the scripture. God is going to protect you anyway. You don't need to wear masks during surgery. And your patient is going to be fine. That is a dumb thing to do. The devil lied to the doctor. I need to wear masks during surgery. Is it clear? We need to be humble and we need to know the word of God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us how to receive your divine, perfect protection, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is our teacher. And the grace of God shall be upon our life to be able to practice what we learn. Help us to be humble all the day of our life. Help us not to be ignorant Christians. Help us to grow in faith in understanding of who you are. And we will not fear anything, Father. But at the same time, we're going to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, Lord. You know what is best for us, Lord. Help us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Bye.